Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Strange picture, and it's a strange time, Ari. I'm not happy, right? Because as far as I'm concerned, the the all of these court cases, all of these indictments don't mean anything if he's still able to run for president next year. If, if, if unless he is found uh, disqualified from running for president, he is still a danger to our democracy. So if this is a step in the direction of preventing him from running again or forcing him to step down, then it's great. If well, it's let me, not, let me push you it's on just that. More window dressing in the process. Well, let me push you. On- Welcome back. It's data download time. There are a lot of ways to try to understand the 2024 Republican primary electorate, but we got some new data that suggests one of the more crucial splits maybe between those Republicans who believe Donald Trump won the 2020 election and those who don't believe and actually acknowledge that the former president lost. Let me show you here. It's almost a pretty even split. Barely a majority believe Donald Trump's false assertions. Assertions. 41 percent of Iowa Republican caucus goers do not believe Donald Trump's claims. And you know what? It leads to some interesting splits. Your favorability of Donald Trump depends on whether you believe him. Those that believe him, 92% favorable rating. Those that don't believe him, just 30% have a favorable rating here. As you can see, DeSantis, Scott, and Ramaswamy all have more evenly divided favorable ratings among both groups. In theory, they might be able to unify the two groups. Donald Trump, not so much, shows you a potential way to build a coalition. Look at the divide between these two groups. Again, 51-41 here. Gun enthusiasts, much more likely to be a gun enthusiast if you're in the believe category, 43% not believe. Religious affiliation, more devoutly religious, those that believe Donald Trump's lies. You're more likely to be moderate if you don't believe Donald Trump's lies about the election. And as you can see here, the biggest divide among these those that believe and don't believe your college education status. Nearly 60% have a bachelor's degree among those that do not believe Trump's false assertions. And it also leads to some interesting splits on some key issues. Use of military at the border, gender-affirming care ban for minors, as you can see here, significant divides. But among the most significant might be the idea of more aid for Ukraine. Just a quarter of those that believe Trump's lies support more aid for Ukraine. Over half who do not believe Trump's lies support more aid for Ukraine. So as you follow this primary season, keep track of those that believe the election uh, election lies of Donald Trump and those that don't. Let me show you what the makeup of the Iowa caucus, the Republican uh, caucus electorate was in 2016. It was 50-50, slight advantage male, 52%, 48%. According to our poll that we released this week, <laughs> the likely uh, Republican electorate is now 61% male, 39% female. Um, this is the Trump effect. 
whatever we want to talk about it, this appears to be the Trump effect, does it not, Danny? Well, that more men are turning out, but I think it's interesting that I, you don't have any breakdown there, so I don't know no, what the racial smaller. makeup. The, the, I don't know the, what the it's racial is. It's is Iowa. It's all the same except for gender. Everything else is the same on ideology, on college education. It is we are seeing more men identify as Republicans and more women not. Well, there is, that's something that the Republican Party needs to deal with because there are a lot of women in this country. <laughs> and we just had the summer of Barbie and Taylor Swift um, tour. I mean, women are having a moment in this country where they have an economic impact. They are having a voice and they are they're going to want to go to the polls and, and reflect that. Right. I thought that's why I thought Nikki Haley did a good job Absolutely. in presenting that. Pause for just a moment. I thought things had changed. I was able to literally, not figuratively, talk Strom Thurmond into voting for the, the Civil Rights Act before he died. And I thought, well, maybe there's real progress. But hate never dies. It just hides. It hides under the rocks. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It is the 30th of August, year of our Lord, 2023. I know. A long intro. I, I just couldn't help it, man. You you got the threat to democracy, the women hate conservatives. I mean, it's just, it's the same old shit. And it's Chuck Todd once again, you know, basically saying that, you know, good people vote for us, but you guys are bad. And, you know, you, you can't win without women. Got to say something right up front before we even start. I, I don't even know a progressive woman. A progressive woman are usually the activists who all they care about is abortion. And they love the bumbling idiot making shit up about Strom Thurmond. They love it. Because that's where they live in fairyland they're the people that still live digitally and they bring it over to their civil life they're just an avatar they're not a real person they don't have real beliefs they don't have any core values they're fed whatever social media tells them and that's what they roll with so so today we're going to cover quite a few subjects we're going to try to make it quick not too many sound bites going to cover a little trump today but i wanted to start up front with some um health news Finally got a new drug, got a good appointment Monday. That's kind of pushed the podcast back, but um, I am now taking two types of drugs, and I've noticed improvement, so much so that last night I had a turkey burger. Now, everybody looks, you're going to look at what? That's not food. No, turkey. I'm going to do that. I'm going to have diced salad stuff, but I couldn't have real meat like that, and I had a burger with a bun. I, 18 months since I've done that. I've had fake burgers made out of pea protein between pieces of pita, but I've never had what I had last night. And it sat, didn't puke it, it was pretty nice. Still have periods. They say it's going to take a long time. It is nerve damage. It is a thing. They just don't know what to call it. It's a post-COVID. This doctor confirmed everything. Facts, reaction, COVID-D, destroys your nerves, and they don't know how to fix it. So they're trying these techniques. 
They're in this huge study group, and I'm now part of it. Um, I'm the worst they've seen because it's the longest. A lot of people have stopped, but um, I will take a PPI, a nausea pill. I'll take a H2 Benadryl when I need it. But most of the time they were treating this like heartburn and gastritis. It wasn't, so it made me sicker. It's nerve damage because the COVID sticks to your stomach lining. And then when you get the rapid onset of monster GERD like I had where I, I, had, could, I had to sleep sitting up, um, it starts destroying things. And then they throw a bunch of drugs at it, but the wrong drug, so that destroys it some more. So now taking two um, nerve drugs. One is Donatel, the other one is noratripoline with the gift for depression and um, nerve damaged. And uh, I have slept, it's been two days on it. It's not supposed to start really working, they say, for six weeks, but the first two days, I literally today, 4.30, yesterday, 5 o'clock, I slept till. Go to bed at 8 because I'm whooped by then because I'm fighting this all day. Um, I slept and my stomach didn't wake me up. So maybe that's a sign of things to come. I hope. So just some crazy fucking things. I'm going to play two back to back because I, I know the dividers kind of get annoying. First one is the uh, lesbian black uh, Peruvian press secretary or whatever the fuck. You know, the check mark. She's just there because... She happens to be in the right demographics, but she's incompetent. Saying that her whole life was building to be press secretary. It'll be followed by a liberal. It's a little long, but it's very interesting watching liberals finally coming around to, hey, Biden sucks. The president... And Dr. Biden, they decided to put me in this position. They decided that they wanted Corinne Jean-Pierre with all of the things, all the communities that I represent, clearly being a, a black person, right? Being a black woman. They said, we want you to represent us. Right. We want you to represent the White House. We want to meet this moment that we're in. And we know that you are beyond capable of doing that, right? You are, you are, uh, you are experienced, and you are the voice that we want to have. So, knowing that, Stacy, knowing that I am representing the voice of the president, then I have to do that, right? right? I mean, that's the job. It's going to go back to where you can work and support your family without fucking stressing out. Seriously. My bills alone are $3,000 a month. I'm a single mom who receives fucking like $300 a month in child support for two kids. I can't do this anymore. I work every single day. I get maybe a day off. Sometimes if I'm lucky, I'll get two fucking days off. I'm sick of it. I'm so sick of this. And I fucking forgot to pay my daughter's braces. And now I have to bring her in for them to remove them because I can't afford to pay it all off at once. I am so sick of this country. I'm so sick of how expensive everything fucking is. Something needs to happen. Where I live, rent is insane. A two bedroom is fucking two grand. I can't go to the grocery store and get a week's worth of fucking groceries without spending $300, $400. Gas alone. 
almost $4 a gallon. I have to drive all over my town for my job because I clean houses. And I'm so sick of it. Something needs to be done. Something. These prices are insane. It's ridiculous. Nobody can fucking survive like this. Especially if you're alone. You're single. You can't. Like, do I have to get a fucking roommate and rent out my son's room and move him in my room? Like, this country, it sucks. It sucks. I'm sick of it. And I'm tired. God, and I'm pissed. It's fucking venting. Yeah. Welcome to reality, young lady. Welcome to reality. Lot of crazy shit this week. Um, here is uh, Biden or Lincoln. Which one looks more presidential? I watched a long soundbite, and um, you know what? I'm gonna play it really quick. Um, God, I don't even know this guy's name. I really suck at this. I've not, I've not gotten better as a podcaster because I do a lot of this. Well, I'm on this guy and dude over here shit. Um, let me see if I can find it. We watched it in bed last night. And it is a montage of people saying, hey, this guy fucking sucks, but I don't know the name. Give me a second and I'll load it. And everything. So I'm going to be real curious to see what happens uh, this election cycle. I think he's got a devoted group of people that are, think that he's being witch hunted and you know, wrongly accused, and so this is just one more thing that makes him look like he's being a victim to the leftists. Yeah. So it's gonna help him solidify his base. Do you guys think this image is gonna help Trump or hurt him? It's gonna help him, of course. It's gonna help him. Yeah. Only if the people understand the politics that the parties play against each other. Do you guys think this is going to help Donald Trump or hurt him during his 2024 presidential bid? Help him. Help him? Yes. He's in disgust. Anger. He's going to fix it. They f***ed up by voting for Biden in the first place. He's our president. for Trump. It's going to make him a, a few million dollars. Because as you know, it's on cups, it's on t-shirts, it's on posters. Looking at it, it's going to hurt him. But if you look at it from the other spectrum, the album cover yeah. uh, perspective, maybe? I mean, listen, there's no such thing as bad press, so... Uh, and he believes that as well. And, yeah. Gonna help him. <laughs> help him? That's gonna help him? What do you think? Album cover or no? Album cover. Yeah, yeah for sure. Oh Grammy right there. Album cover. That's new NWA right there, big dog. Album cover potential, or what do you guys think? Oh. T-shirt too. T-shirt? Who has a stronger merchandise game, Trump or Biden? I don't know that Biden has a merchandise except for his family peddling. He sells art and stuff, but <laughs> so I'm gonna say Trump does. <laughs> Why do you think it's gonna help him? Because people are tired of all the crap. People are tired of all the lies and deception. It's done. I mean, it's, what is guys doing now? What's he doing? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I saw the pictures of those those gates at the border welded open. That's ridiculous. People that come here the right way, that's the way to come here, the right way. Not us, people that are paying taxes to pay for these people handouts all the time. It's ridiculous. This guy, you may not agree with everything he does, but one thing he does, he loves America. He wants to do the right thing. And, you know, not, nobody's perfect, right? This right here is going to help him. Anything will help him now. I was going to say, he, <laughs> he's dug himself a hole deep enough to where I don't know if anything else is going to actually hurt him more. Right, right, okay. His ratings keep going up. <laughs> All his poll numbers keep going up. So no matter what they do, he keeps coming up. 
Do you guys support Trump at all or no? I like his policies. Yeah. I don't necessarily like his personality. Okay, okay, okay. As long as he keeps out of trouble, <laughs> he's good. Do you guys think he's being targeted? Do you see that or no? Absolutely. I, I, I do. do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. They're going after him and they are targeting him and they are doing everything in their power to show that he is not presidential worthy. I mean, like Stacey Abrams, who said that she got robbed out of her election and when Al Gore said he got robbed out of his, I think it's the same thing. Yeah. There's um, some slight differences with all, with all of these cases, but to suggest that Democrats have never uh, challenged election results or have never denied election results is just not true, for sure. That's right. So it's basically it's the same thing to me. Only the only difference was they didn't do anything to Al Gore and they didn't do anything to Stacey Williams. And Hillary claims to this day that she was robbed. It seems like he did some of the same stuff everybody else has done, but they're going after him. So you look at what Biden done. He's he has a lot of uh, classified documents in his garage that he took not as a president, but as a vice president, and I don't think they've done anything on that. I don't like none of them. Yeah, I mean, I, you're, I not happy with, you're not happy with Biden? No, no. Like I said, I want to see someone that's actually going to run the damn thing. I don't care what he is, Republican, Democrat, okay. just run the thing and run it hard. Okay. Basically, Georgia state law does not require a mugshot from a well-known figure that's taken a recent photo. Because the purpose of a mugshot is to know who's in court. <laughs> of course. People aren't going to miss who Trump is. Do you think the purpose of the mugshot was political? Yeah, of course. Absolutely political. I think absolutely. I think that, I think that, I think that, well, the left, yes, but I think that for him, he don't mind it being out there. It's all good. It's going to catapult him. So you more see it maybe as the release of this mugshot maybe just backfired absolutely. on Democrats? Absolutely. You watch. You watch to see what happens. Do you think that Trump wanted the mugshot as much as the Democrats? Because the Democrats are the people that made it happen, He's essentially. He's the Democrats at their own game by playing by their own rules and beating them at their own rules. The Democrats ain't playing dirty like he is. You know, that's, that's what it comes down to. He's playing hard. He's playing hardball. They're not playing dirty like he is, but he's been indicted four times this year. Do you think that this could potentially come back to bite Democrats later on? Now that this, now that this can of worms has been opened, is that going to be a potential problem? You mentioned it could be bad for the country. Could that be a, a reason why? What do you think? It will definitely come back and bite Democrats in the ass. Republicans are going to see this and they're going to go after Democrats and find reasons to railroad them just like Democrats are putting this guy through this process. Yeah. It's going to be bad for our country. More polarization, less people caring about each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I Everything yeah. they're trying to do has always come back and bit them, you know. And that goes both ways. It's going to come back to bad America. Well, when I look at both parties, I feel that both parties are out for their party. And by any means necessary, they will tech each other. Right. And for me, that hits below the belt. I want to say we're a well-respected country. Our president shouldn't even be indicted. You know what I mean? Period. Like, I just think that's something that shouldn't happen at all. And if it does break the rules, it should be talked about behind closed doors. Uh, the Democrats are doing the best thing possibly can to uh, disallow Donald Trump from running from office again. They know that if Donald Trump wins the Republican nomination, he will beat Joe Biden for the next presidency. I guess following that question, so do you see this as election interference then? 
when it comes to... Absolutely. I absolutely see it as election interference. Why didn't um, they do it the last two and a half years? Well, that's another question. So why didn't they do this the last two and a half years? That's a lot of, that's a, something that a lot of people are asking. Do you guys, do you potentially see that as some form of election interference? Because he's going to be having to go through this during the Republican primary. That's why they chose to Definitely. do it at this time. So that Definitely. his name is in the news in a negative way. Yes, of course. It is. That's what they do. I'm not for for either party, but I do admire President Trump because he's able to stand with with all the pressures, yeah. with all the allegations that's coming to it's, him. Not many people could do that. And it, 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 it's amazing how he can do that. What I like about him is that he called out the the, the politicians who have been in office for 30, 40 years, and he calls them out. That's what I like about him, right? Because, you know, uh, we need a change. And the ones who are already in office, they ain't doing for the people. You heard the song, Rich Man North of Richmond? Yes. Okay. They're not doing for us. They don't give a about us. Started the They, um, every time they think they got Trump or they made him look bad, Americans aren't stupid, and, and as you saw in that, and I know it was a little long, but I, you know, I edited it down. It was a very long um, soundbite. They just don't understand Americans. How did George Bush win? I've said it a million times. He won in 2004 because they went too hard. They treated him like shit so bad that finally Americans are like, yeah, fuck that. Fuck that shit. That's too much. And with Trump right now, we are 100% in the too fucking much category. It's just too much. It's too obvious. You're just trying to not let him run because you know your guy fucking sucks. Sorry, I'm trying to fix that because Jesus, looks like I got whirlwind in there. Then there was a shooting, and before I get to it, I really want to play this soundbite by a sheriff, and he is slowly going to be canceled. The, the story is always about guns. It's, the people are bad. This guy's a bad guy. If I could take my gun off right now and I lay it on this counter, nothing will happen. It'll sit there. But as soon as a wicked person grabs a hold of that handgun and starts shooting people with it, there's the problem. The problem is the individual. Hundred percent, hundred percent, fucking true, man. But when they weren't going after the gun, it was this. Ron DeSantis, Scott for the NWCP, issued a travel advisory, spring warming uh, black people to use extreme care of traveling to Florida. Just three months later, DeSantis leading his state through the aftermath of a racist attack that left three African Americans dead. Yesterday, and I, I didn't get it for the show. An a, a Chinese American killed a Chinese American. And they all too familiar school shooting. That's what they said. All too familiar. I got a billion fuck. Oh, not a billion, but I got a bunch of likes because I said, uh, how is that all familiar? Every town who could be a great organization, but like Trevor Project, and I'm glad they embellish. They use BB guns, paintballs, squirt guns, any of that is counted as a gun attack. It's been three years since Kenosha police shot and paralyzed Jacob Blake. So, so they brought that back. 
uh, readers note, Jacob Blake wanted, wanted on a felony warrant, was actively attempting to kidnap children. Ms. Blake initially tased, attempted to subdue him, or he failed. He grabbed a fucking knife! But why truth? Why truth? Truth doesn't sell papers or ad revenue. You know, the right doesn't do what the left does, and we really should. Even though I'm not part of the right, but I'm anti-left. They they really need to just start playing with the advertisers. Because that's what the left, that's how Tucker went bye-bye. Uh, I've been texting with the Santa's, this is a CNN reporter, Press are going to ask specifically plans to deviate away from his campaigning to go and fly to Jacksonville. He said he'll let me know. Um, this is some of the thing. And by specifically, she meant to say that that's not what I asked at all. Seeing as Roselle's reports decided to lie about the context of our conversation, I'm going to do something that I wouldn't normally do and put our conversation on the internet. Here's our brief exchange. Here's a video. You're good to share with your team. Thank you. Jeremy, is Governor Santos considered to fly Jackson to the shooting? We'll let you know. Thank you. Of course she lied. Her bio says CNN. This is passes for journalism. Editorializing, direct comment, nothing but professionalism from MSM. They always lie because it's conservative. But there was a lot of that. Here's this. These fuckheads got killed. Well, they had it coming. They pointed guns at people. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. It is just what our media does. Just, we, we are in what I like to call interference all right so um now nah, i'm gonna kill that sound bite here is just two sound bites on the shooting and unlike you know chicago where black people are killed all the fucking time it's not the governor's fault but this is uh Florida, so it's Ron DeSantis' fault. Some guy went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. What he did is totally unacceptable in the state of Florida. At a prayer vigil, Governor Ron DeSantis vowing to provide more security to Florida HBCUs, but facing boos from the crowd. DeSantis has faced backlash over efforts to change black history education in public schools with new curriculum standards including a controversial provision that some slaves develop skills that could be used for their personal benefit. So that is, means they develop skills uh, in spite of slavery, not because of slavery. Meanwhile, authorities say the shooter, who took his own life when officers arrived, lived with his parents in this home outside Jacksonville, adding a suicide note was found in his at a vigil Sunday, Governor Ron DeSantis, who assigned laws to restrict how race is taught in Florida public schools, was booed. The governor condemning the shooting. We are not going to let people be targeted based on their race. President Biden asked about the shooting just before meeting with Dr. King's family members and other civil rights leaders at the White House. We can't let hate prevail. Tonight, family members of the victims praying that their loved ones spark change. I hope that this really does spark something for people to take a stand. What he did is totally unacceptable in the state of Florida. At a prayer vigil, Governor Ron DeSantis faced boos from the crowd. 
after previously drawing backlash over efforts to change black history teaching standards in Florida's public schools. Today, the governor announced the state would set aside $1 million to beef up... It's criminal. We are at the point where it's fucking criminal. Everything is the conservative candidate's fault. Nothing's Biden's fault. Molly's going to start us off. We've got a Molly and then another one. And I don't... Hold on a second. Let me see what this one was. I can hear it in my earpiece. Oh, this is a Todd conversation that a GOP representative just dicks slap him uh, because he's a piece of fucking shit, as you can see by the intro. I mean, it, it's all interference. It's stats to dissuade people, to brainwash people that are fictitious. They're not right. It's everything we're about to get into. We're going to interfere. We're going to rig. We're going to have a cabal. We're going to have a whatever you say. Because if we can't indict him and ensure that, you know, as we found out this week, they're putting the court dates right during Super Tuesday, so can't campaign. If we're not doing that shit, social media is going to get involved, and the media is going to put a false portrayal of all the data, and then they're going to link anything they possibly can. Right now, there is a hurricane hitting Florida. There are actual people on record that know the deal that say nobody's ever better better than what DeSantis did, but you can guarantee either he let black people, Latino people, immigrants, something. The first thing that goes wrong, it'll be DeSantis' fault. And he's not even going to be the candidate. If they were smart, they'd do what they did during the midterms last year. They'd be pushing DeSantis so Trump wouldn't get elected, but they've already jumped the shark and said that DeSantis is a smarter Trump, which is fucking insane. But here's interference bumper. There's a lot of strategic uh, sort of hypotheses at play. What say you about this? Well, just to take a look at what's happening here. We had from Democrats years of investigations into how to keep Donald Trump off the ballot, how to get him into prison. You had the January 6th committee, which was a one-sided committee handpicked by Nancy Pelosi to, to find out all sorts of information. They handed that over to Jack Smith, but then destroyed the evidence so that Republicans, once they took over Congress, could not look through it. Jack Smith had years to work on this and other people at the Department of Justice. At, even at the time that Joe Biden was elected, he said he hoped there would be a way to legally prevent his primary political opponent from being able to run for office. So you've had years of work put into this. The Trump team was asking for just a little bit of time to go through all the documents that they have gathered. This judge who is very partisan, who's known for being partisan, says, no, we're going to do it right in the middle of the election season. And she's very partisan about how she's been very open about how much she hates Donald Trump. It seems like she should not be actually overseeing this trial, but that's what we have here. This is not election interference. I heard some people say, this is election interference. This is straight up election rigging on the part of Democrats to keep their primary political opponent out of office. Because I want to ask you about this questioning from Tucker Carlson, I guess sort of talking up the idea of a violent, some sort of violent conflict over this campaign. Is that something the, the former president is embracing? I, I, that answer there was an odd answer, and I just didn't know if you had a better understanding. 
No, Chuck, I think you're framing it incorrectly. President Trump had a very good answer. Well, let's talk about the debate for a moment. The fact well, of the matter is President Trump won this thing tonight, Is he going to Chuck. tamp down it's, violence, Jason? No, 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 no. Is he going to not? Chuck, I mean, is he going to Chuck, convince his... Chuck, Chuck, that well, is... I'm just trying to... Chuck, respectfully, that's there. an idiot... Chuck, respectfully, respectfully, that's an idiotic question uh, to even go in. Uh, President Trump is campaigning on making America great again. We saw the greatest economy that we've had in a century, possibly ever, when President Trump was in office. He makes it very clear. He has more policy videos on his website. He gives speeches. He gives detailed interviews. He takes on the tough battles with tough reporters. He's actually doing it. And so President Trump... You saw tonight his policies loom large over everybody on that stage. Mm -hmm. He dominated every answer, whether it was about him politically or policy-wise. And I, quite frankly, I agree with the comments earlier. President Trump looked like a genius by skipping the pig pile mm -hmm. tonight and instead doing the interview with Tucker Carlson, which, by the way, Chuck, just hit 87. See, you don't get that for Democrats. I mean, we're not going to get that for Democrats. Why would we do it for Democrats? Democrats are good people. They're on the good team. You're on the bad team. And that's your anybody but a dem. And there is plenty, plenty of proof. Look at this. 5,000 emails containing pseudonyms. And, and when I saw this for the first time, it was literally, it's okay. But that links to what he was doing overseas. This is Stephanie Rule. Right? Yeah. Giving advice to Under Armour as she's fucking him. And then going out and putting financial advice. They're trying to use Civil War stuff. And once again, it was sedition. It was okay if um, you were a big time fucking uh, confederate. And you couldn't run for office unless you, you know, renounced fucking. Um, I mean, the thing was, you had to, you had to fucking renounce the Confederacy, blah 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 blah. But then they still had people that didn't want to run who were higher up, so they passed these amendments to get in there. We tried this before. They tried to do it in the midterms last year, saying certain people could not run for office because. They didn't want to run against them. When that didn't work, like, uh, what's her name? Fucking more Major Majority Taylor Green, whatever the fuck her goddamn name is. She was the key one. They, they went after her, like, with a vengeance to make sure she wouldn't be able to run. Didn't work, so then they went with, well, we're going to finance the craziest, kookiest motherfuckers we can, and we'll hope they get elected. Then we get into the real shit. TikTok gave, it says they sought, but you know they got unfettered access to data. Google revs up election interference gambit before GOP primary debate buries Republicans on searches. Are we surprised? It, it's never stopped. Facebook lets election interfering fact checkers run rampant again, and they just. Oh, I meant to get this. It let's um, let's play this really quick because this is a good good soundbite. 
Well, so the Prime Minister is going to next week tell us the date that we will vote on Labour's voice to Parliament, probably October the 14th. But will the fight over the next two months be a fair one? Well, the answer obviously is no, absolutely not. And for one, of course, big business and big charities have poured millions, I'm seeing figures, $30 million into the Yes campaign. But there's also a sinister and largely secretive campaign to censor no campaigners on the internet. And we saw an example of that last week when Facebook slapped a warning on a video of Peter Credlin, my colleague here at Sky, claiming it was false. Now, Credlin was arguing that the real Uluru statement wasn't the one page we were told, but 17 other pages of background material as well. And that censorship was too much, for even for the ABC's Media Watch show on Monday. Should Facebook have labelled her claim false? A spokesperson for Meta told Media Watch... It wasn't us. This fact check was applied by an independent fact checker and not Meta. And that is true. But it was Meta that slapped it on. And given that there may be some point in what Credlin is saying, we think a disputed label would be more appropriate. But as I noted yesterday, I mean, hang on, you know, who is this supposedly independent fact checker? And goodness me, what about its links to the ABC? Well, if you go to the Sky News website, you will now see the results of an investigation. What's going on here? And the results are stunning. Joining me is the man who did this digging around, Sky News digital editor, Jack Houghton. Jack Houghton, thank you so much for joining me. So what is this independent fact-checking unit that's falsely slapping a fake news label on Peter Credlin? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. We spent a long time going through exactly who are the fact checkers, the, the arbiters of truth, the so-called independent people who are checking what is true and what is false. And we've, we've uncovered some disturbing stuff, including the relationship between Meta, which is the owner of Facebook, obviously, which is directly paying fact checkers up to $740,000 Australian dollars every year to police debates. Now, some of these fact-checkers, you'd be aware of Russell Skelton, uh, who's, you know, a bit of an ABC veteran, married to Virginia Trioli. Uh, he heads this division, and they seem to be just targeting views of people who are against the voice, which goes against all the rules, goes against everything that we've been promised, and it doesn't appear to be very independent at all. <laughs> Let me go through some of this, because you raise a number of little you know, red matador things <laughs> at me here. Right, now, this fact-checking unit, it's based at RMIT, part-funded by the ABC, headed by Russell Skelton, as you say, a former colleague of mine from the left-wing age newspaper, so I know him quite well. They seem to have a track record of criticising and labelling only, or almost exclusively, claims made by the no campaign, not the yes one, now, what sort of evidence do you have for that figure, for that uh, impression? Well, there was a period of time uh, between May and June where we analysed 17 checks that they did. And all of the 17 voice checks were checking semantics or slight verbal missteps or, um, you know, just comments from people that don't want the voice to go ahead. And so we've, we've made the point in the investigation that there was plenty of stuff um, on the yes side that could have been fact-checked. For example, this slogan that you will always hear Anthony Albanese and, uh, and uh, Linda Burney talking about, which is, if it's 
legislated, you'll just be able to get rid of it with a stroke of a pen, which ignores the complexities of our political system. It ignores the fact you would need the lower house and the upper house to pass it. It's a lot more complex than a stroke of a pen, but those kind of semantics don't get fact-checked. You could just do it, but they don't, and it shows that their scope is entirely on one side of the debate. Now, there is a body called the International Fact-Checking Network, which is supposed to be policing this operation because Facebook has wiped their hands with it. They say, we don't want to police it. We're outsourcing it to a third party. It's all adjudicated by the IFCN, but this body has a rule that says it's too 2.2 of their code of principles, it says you cannot unduly police one side of a debate. Well, that's what's happening here. But when we pointed this out to the IFCN, exactly. they said, they said, well, we don't care. We're not going to tell them how to follow the rule. And what that tells me is this, this entire ecosystem that, that Mark Zuckerberg, the meta founder, has set up, it's not working the way that they have told the public. Now, I know that's a foreign soundbite but that's the only people that will they'll fucking report this shit wapo mourns that we've lost some aggressive fact checking because they're still playing 2016 rules save democracy save democracy we must save democracy so when big tech isn't as they've been doing since 26, that's seven fucking years of cooking algorithms and all the fucking bullshit we see. They're doing this. An ex-GOP, the actual RNC head. If elected in 24, Trump might declare himself president for life. CNN worries Trump will use mugshot to his advantage. CNN and MSNBC refused to air Trump's remarks afterwards because we're not media. We're activists. That's, the, that's what we're looking at here. Donald Trump, a, a year before all of this began, was telling us, if, if I lose this election, it's rigged because right. I own this election. This is mine. I'm going to be president for as long as I want to be president. And so America, can I say to you, if you put the man back in office in January 2025, what the hell you think he's going to be trying to do for the next 4 years? He's not going he's not going to say, "Well, uh, thank you for the 4 years I'm ready to move on." He's got yeah. enough role models globally to look at it, how he can try to lock in his power. And trust me, he's not going to have a Bill Barr sitting over at AG who's going to shut, try to shut down that back end process. He's not going to have, you know, people who are going to stand up to him in the FBI or any place else. He's going to put the right. sycophants in place who will nod and say, yes, sir, how much of this do you want us to take for you? I mean, Trump himself has been not downplaying this. I mean, he has certainly seen how he uses these exact moments to his political advantage, Sarah. I mean, you, you covered him when he was in the White House as well. And, and he was posting today, you know, what time he expected to be here. 7.30 here. It is 7.34 as he is arriving here. Um, we, love, we love a timely, we love some timely guidance, I guess. Yeah, but he does use these. I mean, he uses these for fundraising. He uses these to rally his base. I mean, that's one of the questions about the sort of value of a mugshot in this case, right? It's 
sure it's treating Donald Trump if he does get one the same as any other defendant, but you're also giving him a photo that there's no doubt that he's going to use on promotional material, he's going to use on fundraising material. I, I believe he made a fake mugshot in the past yeah. <laughs> that he used for fundraising purposes. And I think that, you know, that's one of the things that's gone into consideration in, in his previous three arrests where he has not had a mugshot is do we really need to do this when we're talking about a former president of the United States? Body, body, body. Time to have to watch. Very perfect song. Uh, we're talking about heights and weights and their self-reported yes. figures. What do you got? Listen, I'm a gentleman. I'm never going to ask you guys your height and weight. I'll tell you I'm just over six feet. About two bills. But everybody's talking about President Trump yeah. and his weigh-in with the mm. booking. All right? Yeah. So let's get right to it. Self-reported, 63 215. That's what was self-reported. So okay. now he's got. I'm watching with, your face, okay. Nate. With, okay. with Omar, well, strawberry blonde hair and blue eyes. I saw that, but let's compare that. <laughs> yeah. If this is the NFL draft and okay. you're there at the combine, six three two fifteen, president. Okay. okay. Good company. Derek Carr, quarterback Derek Carr. of the Saints, six three two fifteen. But wait, there's more. Okay. Let's go to a position that Nate is familiar with. Yeah. Larry Fitzgerald. 63218. Oh. Yeah, and, and another quarterback who okay. is a tremendous athlete, Lamar Jackson, 62212, electric to watch. So the president there, I'm not sure if we're going to see him at a combine, but the, he lines right right up with them. Right up with Height those people. And, and but let me tell Come you. Come on now, does anybody believe he weighs 215? I'll go first. No, no, one, no one on the internet Nobody in this room it. believes uh, that. Yeah. I, I would have I would have bet at least 280. That's what I would yeah, have. I if think he weighs 215, I weigh 102. So, Gail, I don't know. You look great. The, you look the, great. The, the, <laughs> Thank you, Omar. Thank you. The gambling, the gambling odds, the odds makers were saying the over-under was 278. Now, when he was president, oh, the okay. official White House physical, the last one he took, mm -hmm. listed what was him that? at 244. So, so he's lost weight, according to So he gained an inch <laughs> from the indictment in April, and he lost 25 pounds since leaving the White House. Got it, taller and it, lost weight. What? Do you think any time you would ever see that kind of coverage making fun of his weight you got a guy who falls off bikes can't even fucking remember his goddamn name but yeah it's all about the weight CNN and MSNBC display Trump co-defendants mugshots 188 times in 24 hours they even tried to stop some of them from getting GoFundMes to pay for their bail in defense. Because, you know, all of them, all of them are linked. I mean, it's just all one big cabal saving democracy. Remember, it's all about fucking democracy. They even went out and did this. And remember, this was what they were saying that, you know, Trump's going to campaign off this and make money and that's bullshit. Apropos of nothing, I think today's a great day to give to my campaign. Why does your campaign need money if you're just arresting your opponents? First reply. Thank you for proving our point. None of this is about justice, about politics and money. Why? To commend you for arresting the leader of the opposition party? They just don't see this isn't good. Regardless of... Do you, th okay, let's just be honest. Do you think in 2000, in 2016, Democrat operatives weren't on phone saying finding votes? 
find votes. Do you think that in 2000 specifically and 2016 once again, where the media reported how it would be the patriotic duty of electors for the electoral college to change their vote, and one did, and they were a hero. A hero. But Trump's a piece of shit because he did it. Rob Schneider, I guess that's a little bigger than I probably want it. Sorry, this fucking program doesn't work. It's undeniably obvious now that everything the Democrats warned about Trump wasn't really warning about Trump. It was a roadmap of what they themselves are planning on doing when they regain power. And he's 100% true. 100% true. So during this, Trump went back to Twitter. And uh, I'm just going to read a few. This is that paid person. She's paid by the DNC. JoJo. If this doesn't scream proudly, I don't know what does. Bet Midler. Trump's self-reported arrest paperwork in Georgia lists him at 215 pounds. Of course. Fifth indictment coming for committing fraud on paperwork. Next guy, John Cusack. Donald Trump who believes he has superior genes. Next one. Uh, Mehdi Hassan. Trump is back on Twitter. Reminder, this is what most dishonest politicians on earth said last year. The bottom line is, no, I'm not going back to Twitter. Tonight, back on Twitter. James Bowman. Trump is using his mugshot to raise millions of dollars right now. I'm standing up against Mega and Clown Show, and I need your help. Will you chip in $10 to help me reach my goals? Alyssa Milano. Trump, with 91 charges against him, was able to appoint 33% of the U.S. Supreme Court justices and 30% of the U.S. appellate judges with lifetime appointments. Trump's judges will call the shots for years to come. The judicial system is broken because we want to appoint everybody, and we want to be able to rig everything because we're doing it. Right now, every judge that has a case against Trump is a far-left liberal activist that did stuff during his presidency to block him from doing any kind of presidential duties. But yeah, the right. Brooklyn dad. Trump just posted on real Donald Trump account. He's bragging about his mudshot. What a disgrace. Rick Wilson. Welcome back, bitch. Another one. Is that Le Tigre? Lincoln Project, Fulton County, and they put a his wife in a dress. Then we have Joy Reid saying the following. You know, I can tell you for me, it is, you know, when I moved back to New York, um, one of the mugshots that, that, that sit with me, I mean, I still remember that he made five teenagers yeah. my age yeah. take a mugshot. Yeah. That he wanted them not just take a mugshot, he wanted them dead. Say what that case was. And this was the Central Park Five case, the exonerated five, you know, and, and they were my age. Yeah. So as a teenager living in New York, I've said it before. This is the reason I never watched The Apprentice. I despised Donald Trump because he, to me, signified the rich white guy in Manhattan that absolutely hated and despised me, that hated and despised my cousins, my friends, everyone we knew, that that, that called us wilding just because we were in the park. 
that said we can't be free to walk around in the street, that said when Patrick Dorisman got killed by an off-duty police officer, he's no choir boy. And he was literal. I mean, was no altar boy. He was literally an altar boy. Giuliani said that. And so people like Giuliani and people like Trump persecuted black and brown people in New York. It's what they did for fun. It's what they did for pleasure. They enjoyed it. They enjoyed lording over people who had nothing, who had no million dollar lawyers, who couldn't change lawyers at the drop of a hat and get a different hip hop lawyer the next day when they were tired of one. Who manufactured, completely manufactured. None of that is true, but we do it all the time. NBC reporter links Vaxmaswamy to fucking neo-Nazis, and we have this fucking shit. Uh, vitriol for punk charlatan Vivek. Praise for sane Haley. Um, what's the thing that stands out the most to you? Okay, so I would say the the thing that's the scariest is that there is another charismatic charlatan with the name of Vivek Ramaswamy. And that is a little bit scary, that there is, that Trumpism can, in fact, scale, and that there is an, someone who inherits that mantle. And I thought that was a little bit scary. But what I thought was a little bit promising was that Nikki Haley sort of occupied Earth One, and she was not completely destroyed for it, which in my, you know, I have a pretty low estimation of this Republican <laughs> Party right now, so I was sort of shocked that they were okay with a more sane Nikki Haley. I mean, what are your thoughts about the fact that Vivek Ramaswamy is trying to take, like Molly says, take the mantle over from Donald Trump? Look, he, he's not the candidate of, of ChatGPT. He's the candidate of like 8chan or 4chan. He's, a, he's basically playing to this weird sort of tech bro slash incel demo that uh -huh. wants to own the libs. And, and he's playing to this sort of Charlie Kirk audience. And look, I get it. In some ways, he's young. He wants to, he wants to try to find a way to get into the VP slot with Trump. I understand it. But as Molly said correctly, you know, Trumpism... Is, is has infected the party so thoroughly that now you're seeing a candidate with no ties to the traditional Republican past on that stage at all. And and as as they're trying to, to, to go at him, as Nikki Haley and Mike Pence and all the rest of them are trying to go at him, he's got this sort of shield around him uh, of of impervious shamelessness that is a very uh, it's a very concerning prospect but it does illustrate that the republican party is a post-conservative post-ideological party that puts showmanship well above any sort of principle you know molly someone who surprised me was nikki haley i'm not a fan let me be very clear right. but i was a fan actually of some of the stuff that she said let's take a really quick listen to what she said about a possible federal abortion ban take a listen when you're talking about a federal ban, be honest with the American people. We haven't honest. had 45 pro-life senators in over 100 years. So no Republican president can ban abortions any more than a Democrat president could ban all those state laws. Don't make women feel like they have to decide on this issue when you know we don't have 60 Senate votes in the House. 70% of the American people support legislation but to 70 ban abortion of the after Senate a baby does is capable not. of... 
I mean, more mansplaining going on at this debate, Molly, but I heard her. I heard Nikki Haley, and she made sense. She was practical about the possibility of a federal abortion ban. What was impressive about Nikki Haley, and I agree, I don't, you know, I don't agree with anything she believes in. I would not vote for her. Agreed. You know, but um, what was impressive about her was she said things that were, like, actually true mm -hmm. versus Mike Pence, who said 70% of Americans want an abortion <laughs> ban. That's not, there's not even close to true. In fact, it's more like the opposite. Um, so I did think she was occupying Earth One, which for this Republican Party is very unusual. Yeah, so Rick, you know who didn't show up was Ron DeSantis. He had a real Jeb Bush, let, you know, let's clap, <laughs> womp womp moment, I think, at the debate. He didn't show up. And I think that he got completely outshone by Vivek Ramaswamy. So we don't have any new polling yet. But do you expect him, as in DeSantis, to drop even lower in the polls after that lackluster performance? They should have never put him out on the stage before the software update was complete. The guy just did <laughs> not have a grip of what was happening around him. And, and look, he's a candidate who's overprepared, overschooled, overmanaged, but without the natural graces and skills that somebody with 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 the ability to perform could have could have taken advantage of all that of all that over preparation. The problem for DeSantis is that he is fundamentally unlikable, alienating grading, whining. He comes out of the box. And Fox, by the way, gave him a beautiful opportunity to shine right in the very beginning. And what did he do? He screamed at the camera. Yeah. He yelled. He was bellowing and bullying. The guy's just not ready for this. Fucking garbage humans. Just garbage humans. Which takes us to our woke section. Was gonna play a soundbite, but just I'm I'm just gonna say it. I'm gonna delete it because it's like six minutes long. But um, Disney had its worst reduction in forever. So you're going to see a little cancel section with a little kid who gets canceled for wearing the Gatson. And I'll go straight into everything is racist, so we can just talk for a while. It is long because this week we had another march on Washington, and America's racist. If you don't think America's racist, you're racist. You racist. Whether Joe Biden believes this madness or is simply too weak to resist it, his administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. Do they know what the Gadsden flag is? That it's a historical flag. So there, um, the reason that they do not want the flag, the reason we do not want the flag displayed, mm -hmm. is due to its origins with the slavery and slave trade. That is what was, um, that is the reason behind why we do not want to display The Gadsden flag. The don't tread on me. Which is the Gatsby flag. Okay. Um, okay. So he he um, he. What's going to happen if he doesn't take it off? He. I mean, he is able to go. I was actually just telling him, like, I was upset that he was missing so much school. I'm like, ah. So I asked him, can he just take his stuff out of his bag and go back to class? <laughs> like, I just want him to go back to class. The bag can't go back. It's got a patch on it because we can't have that 
in and around other kids. So that's what I was trying, and then he said you were close. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it has nothing to do with slavery. That's like the Revolutionary War patch that was okay. displayed when they were fighting the British. Like, that wasn't, that's the revolution. Maybe you're thinking of like the, um, the Confederate pen, arm, Confederate flag? <laughs> okay, I, so, I am here to enforce the policy that was provided okay. by the district. Okay. And definitely, you have every right to not agree with it. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah absolutely. ACLU says that he's allowed to wear that. If you, like, go on their website, it, like, says in the big so, letters. I, all, I, all I'm saying is that unless there's like a ban on patches, period, like you said, there's no patches allowed at the school. You cannot display what you think or anything like that, or what cheer or anything like that. Um, I, I don't. I think it's like one-sided, you know, because you allow some patches but not other, other patches. Other kids have patches, like other names, and like the American flag and that type. Yeah, that was like flown during the revolution, but. Um, yeah, I, I just don't stand that at all. So what I can do is and if you, you, if you go onto the ACLU's website, yeah, let's let's talk to I can, I I can have you speak to I, really I can have you speak to our Jeff Yoakum okay. again, okay. Um, and then he can refer you to our person at the district. Okay. Um, because, like I said, we're following district policy. Okay. Is what we're doing. The last thing I want is him out of class. Yeah, like, I know that's too. All he too. He takes his classes seriously. Yes. He studies. He does, he wants to get straight A's. He did that. He made honor rolls when he was here before. Yep. He intends to do that again right now, but it's hard because he keeps missing class for this. So I understand that. Yeah, and I, I mean, we teach him to always stick up for your beliefs. And I mean, you're going over the revolution this for seventh grade. I mean, the founding fathers stood up for what they believed in against unjust laws. This is unjust. Okay, I, like I said, we are upholding a policy that was provided to us, which we have to uphold. Okay, can you show me where the policy? Everything is racist. Everything is racist according to me. Everything is racist. Everything is racist. Everything is racist according to me. Everything is racist. 60 years ago, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. stood right there and gave that iconic I Have a Dream speech in front of an estimated 250,000 demonstrators. And today, a new generation is back here to carry that torch forward. Back in 1963, this fight was mainly about civil rights and voting rights. Well, organizers say today, this fight is in part about voter suppression, housing discrimination, police and racial violence, racial disparities when it comes to employment, education, and other basic civil rights. The 60th anniversary of the March of Washington is of course happening in the wake of some controversial U.S. Supreme Court rulings in which affirmative action, student debt relief, and abortion rights were all gutted in recent terms. So well, today we're expecting activists from across the spectrum representing Latinos, Asian Americans, the Jewish community, advocates for reproductive rights and for people with disabilities to all join the march today. Uh, some of the high-profile speakers we expect to see today include the Reverend Al Sharpton, MLK's son, and his daughter-in-law. We're told once the main program is done here, the demonstration will 
will march towards the MLK Memorial, and that this is a clarion call for systematic change long overdue. Now, the program today will feature dozens of speakers who acknowledge the progress that's been made, but they will raise those issues again, along with today's concerns around threats to democracy and criminal justice reform and, and voting rights. We are also going to hear from other groups representing Latinos and Asian Americans and women and Jews and LGBTQ people who all say they share the common goal of peace, justice and equity. Uh, that's according to the organizers here. The event today will end with speeches from Dr. King's family and also the Reverend Al Sharpton, who's helped organize today's event uh, before they step off for a march from here at the Lincoln Memorial down to the MLK Memorial. We've also the March on Washington turning 60, a new wave of support, thousands gathering to walk in those same steps taken decades ago, and there were new demands for social, economic, and racial justice. Reflection and emotion in the nation's capital as the March on Washington turns 60. Young and old and people from all different backgrounds among the thousands gathering on the National Mall today. Thousands descending on the nation's capital, marking the 60th anniversary of the March on Washington with a renewed demand for social, economic, and racial justice. Today's march comes amid the heightened cultural wars across the United States. The latest flashpoint, Florida's controversial Black History curriculum. And Rachel, it's remarkable the coalition of activists who came together for this march. We're told roughly 200 organizations from across the spectrum representing multiple communities, including the Jewish, Asian Americans, and LGBTQ+. 60 years after Martin Luther King Jr. led a massive march to the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, thousands retraced his steps today, picking up his mission while vowing to take on new challenges. A sea of people from across the nation at the monument to President Lincoln to take in a call to action. Organizers of today's event embracing Dr. King's charge and adding a new generation of issues, the fight to stop violence against minority groups. We cannot allow the dark forces of extremism, intolerance, and hate to corrupt us and make us cynical. The day ending with this march to the MLK Memorial, literal forward movement carrying this renewed energy into the future. Marchers citing voter suppression, reproductive rights, and the end of affirmative action for bringing them here. So things we won back in the 60s are taken away. Really striking to see. We succeeded in doing a number of things by what we did in the past, but we also know that we have to do much more for the future. Of great concern to Mr. Cox and Mr. Flanagan is when they see the push to change how African-American studies are taught in the United States. These are people who live through lynchings. They live through not having access to jobs or education. Again, a reminder that this is a fight for them that is not over. Yeah, these men are, are national treasures. I mean, I can only imagine the conversations you were afforded uh, with them. And, and when we look, as they said, these school districts now are trying to rob students of learning about not only what these men fought against, mm -hmm. but also in some cases, these actual events. Right, that and, and that's why there is this great concern, not only about concerns about getting jobs in this current day and age, but also that much of... And I, I recognize absolutely, uh, Representative Nixon, you have a right to be angry, you have a right to be uh, overwhelmed with this, and I know you're at an anti-racism rally, so I just appreciate you taking the time to come and talk with us. And Bishop Barber, let me bring you in here. You and I talked about this early this morning. I mean, there is a history uh, of governors, of Southern governors, stoking uh, racial hatred and animus specifically directed at black people, and then the results are reaped in black communities. Um, Axe Handle Saturday is one of those times. Uh, it seems to me that DeSantis has decided that being that kind of governor will make him president. Your thoughts? 
You're exactly right. And he's a failed governor in many ways. And this is more blood on his hand because he even passes policies that put that in, enable poverty, enable the lack of health care, which we know now produces policy death, policy violence. But words of hate, Joy, create um, an atmosphere of hate. It gives kind of a social license to it. And we cannot act like this is new or that DeSantis is first, you know, and nor can we act like it's just him because he has some black people down there that are participating in the, the writing up of the policies to try to stop black history from being taught. But he's trying to, I want, he's, going, he's saying basically, I want to be like George Wallace, Southern governors and others who pushed hate. Uh, it was the playbook of the Southern strategy. Richard Nixon used it, Ronald Reagan, Bush, Trump to a greater degree. But whenever this kind of hate and divisive words are the standard, you know, the Bible says the, 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 word, the power of life and death is in the tongue. So you get the words and then you get the deeds. Think about it. The shooter first went to a historically black college university that represents the very thing DeSantis and others have been saying. We but I'm so glad you're here and you're in town, of course, because yeah. you've been following this. You have been in so many great moments as well and following and documenting right. the power of the image of what we have seen with the March on Washington. My, my dad and I always talked about how, you know, the modern day colonizer doesn't put chains on your body. The chains are on your mind. And the first step to freeing your mind is controlling your imagery, the image of what you imagine you can be. And one of my favorite King quotes is where he says, uh, it, we all have to learn together, learn to live together as brothers and sisters in harmony, or we perish together as fools. And in my family, we've got all kinds of folk. We've got white, black, brown. I've got a gay aunt. I've got a Trumper aunt. I mean, it, we, so I've got to love with big arms. So That's I've a always. Thanksgiving table. It, it is, but, but it, it forces you to look at the totality of humanity and say, I'm not interested in just what the problems are. We know there's darkness. We know that. Uh, it was illegal to teach enslaved people how to read. Soon in Florida, it may be illegal to read about an enslaved person. So we know you have problems, problems of education. I know my daughters might not have the same freedoms that their moms mm -hmm. had. Uh, just the freedom to vote is being encroached on. Do you know what I mean? The, yeah. the right to go to school and not get shot at. So we know there's problems. What I want to focus on are grassroots organizations that are doing something to turn the lights on. And that's where the King family comes in and a new company called Partners in Kind. And we're teaming up to make a multi-part series focused on the boots on the ground, the high heels on the ground, the sneakers on the ground, the folks out there making a positive difference. Because too many people like my big-headed son over there <laughs> don't think their vote matters. They've got to they've say, I can make a difference. And if my vote didn't matter, people wouldn't be trying to squash it. So I want to I focus on folks of all demographics, of all races. I, my uh, plea uh, to people watching this is that there, there it has become a little bit of a, of a fatigue, you know, post-George Floyd. Oh, you guys talk about race too much. Uh, black people always complain about this stuff. You're overly sensitive. You're overly woke. And I understand, you know, we don't like talking about this stuff all the time either. But what you can wind up doing is giving aid and comfort to people who say, yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, you know, uh, we don't have to talk about uh, racial uh, injustice anymore. We don't have to. At the very moment, when some people are getting worse and not better on the issue. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so this is something I think we just have to be a, lot, a little bit more careful. We don't know how these words sound. You have, I saw on, at the uh, Republican uh, uh, debate, uh, I was nervous uh, because you had Ron DeSantis up there who has been, I think, you know, very irresponsible as a leader in stoking some of this. I don't think deliberately. But when you say you don't want any of this black history being taught, you know, it's going to you know, stir up the stuff and it's all over. 
I think that sends the wrong signal. I think all leaders need to be very, very concerned mm -hmm. that we do have a rising tide of, 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 of hatred and violence towards certain groups of people. And you've got to be able to say it's black people. You've got to be able to say it's Jewish people. You've got to be able to say it's, it's Latin folks. You've got to be able to call the names of the groups that are under the gun, LGBTQ, whatever it is. Remember, everything is racist now. So the Gatson flag, you know, flag, the American flag, just pick a fucking flag that's normal. It's racist. You can burn the shit out of them. You burn a fucking LGBT one, you're going to jail, bucko. Which is so fucking stupid. U.S. woman team lost their number one ranking. That's from SI. Everybody's pretty fucking happy about it because they fucking suck. Uh, John Hayward. The driving force behind lethally incompetent blue state government is that no Democrat politician takes duty to their constituents as their top priority. All of them have a higher priority. Global warming, diversity agenda, party builders, and lining their own pockets. Not enough repubs see duty as their top concern, but at least some do. And at least most of them would say it's the highest priority if asked. GOP has a jillion problems, but at least it retains some grasp on public servants. That's all completely gone with the arrogant left Democratic Party. It's been a long time. And the, I'm not going to read the rest of it because it's going on for a very long time. But there's a reason for that because they're not held accountable. The media is part of the cabal. So they don't fucking care. Thus, Democrat politicians can go and say this crazy shit. Keep black women's name out of your mouth. First of all, that's number one. Number two, keep black people name out of your mouth. And instead of spewing hateful, disgusting, ignorant, dumbass rhetoric, how about you pay homage to the black people in this country that have fought and died for the freedoms you exercise today? How about you pay homage to the black people historically that have continued to save the soul of America and move America forward. How about that? Instead of fitting in nicely into the pocket of the white supremacists that you are, having the nerve to uh, spew hateful, disgusting, racist rhetoric. Keep a black woman's name out your mouth. Keep black people's name out your mouth. Learn your history. Have some respect so that maybe you'll be taken seriously one day. Completely acceptable behavior. That, that's the world we live in. Here's Planned, per Planned Parenthood also. Late-term abortion is a completely made-up phrase as no basis in medicine. It's pure anti-abortion propaganda intended to confuse people about when abortion happens. Well, you know, I do remember a governor who was super liberal, and he said, we'll let the baby come out and decide what we want to do. I remember that. It could be me. NBC reporter saying that Libs of TikTok and Matt Walsh are responsible for the attack that happened ages ago that I, re I reported, but they fucking never paid attention to it. Now they found it. So, you know, let's, let's, let's do that. Here's another Democrat, the NRA and everyone who supports them should burn in hell. And then he deleted it because it's election time. Yeah, that makes sense. Here's the Biden administration going to tell you you can only have two drinks a week or day. Is that what it is? Two drinks a week. Two drinks a week. Yeah. 
Nice. To the race stuff, thousands converged on National Mall to mark the March on Washington's 60th anniversary, and all of them there, and I'm not even going to play it, is the same old stuff. America's garbage. That's my crutch. I'm going to keep saying it. Yet, this happens all the time, and nobody says a word. 309-page criminal record killed a little white girl. This is happening all over the country, but all you hear about is when the white cop or Latinx, the non-black cop, and even sometimes when the black cop shoots a black person. It's racism. Institutional racism. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not supposed to be drinking a monster. I snuck it. To our next subject, which is climate change, CNN exploits Hawaii-California disaster to push climate agenda, but John Kerry just comes right out and fucking lets it all out. Here here you go. Without facts or economics on their side, they flatly deny what is happening to our planet and what we must do to save it. They incite a movement against what they falsely label climate change fanaticism as they conveniently forget that the dictionary definition of a cult is the dismissal of facts in devotion to a lie. And while they refuse to accept the facts behind increasingly obvious damages, which the First Minister listed, they lash out at the truth-tellers instead and label indisputable evidence as hysteria. They compound the already difficult challenge of the climate crisis by promising to do more of exactly what created this crisis in the first place. So now, humanity is inexorably threatened by humanity itself, by those seducing people into buying into a completely fictitious alternative reality where we don't need to act and we don't even need to care. So you are the problem. It goes back to eat the babies. Anybody's been on the show a long time. They they hate babies. They hate humans. They're not going to change their life. They're not going to stop flying, you know, and using their iPhones to call everybody a science denier. They're going to cook the actual, um, what the hell is that? I screwed up. Hawaii official concerned with equity delayed releasing water for more than five hours. They're not going to talk about that. They're not going to talk about the grease fires. Why wildfires happen, debunking the myth that arson is to blame for more climate change. Greek police arrest dozens over arson. It wasn't climate change. It was arson. They even have NASA doing this. And if you look, where is it? New York. It's where they are. I've looked at the fucking photos. It's not rural areas. They're the polluters. Media doesn't report when they block stuff. Get violent. There was a whole protest this week that I, I didn't air about, and they had a they had to arrest all sorts of people. Those are vegan chips. What happened to me? I used to be a man. But they got all violent and they had to be arrested. 
everything is violence. There were lefties protesting immigration this week, and Antifa was attacking them. Because, you know, that's where we're at. So, to our trans section, you're going to have Mulvaney, another psycho, a family event with dildo ring toss, and another fucking psycho, because this is our trans section, and we have to play it. Oh my god! Hi! You know, I'm really shocked because I thought the only award I would ever maybe win was maybe a Tony Award, but now I'm a musical theater gal with a streamy! Theater TikTok, we made it to the mainstream. Uh, 532 days ago, I made a coming out video that turned into my Days of Girlhood series. And, uh, my life has been changed for the better, um, but on the flip side, there's also been an extreme amount of transphobia and hate. And I know that my community is feeling it, and I now know that even our allies are feeling it. And I look around this room, and I just see so many amazing allies that have platforms, and I think allyship right now needs to look differently, and you need to support trans people publicly, and... and, and I, and proudly, and I think the trans community and the creator community actually have something in common, and it's that people often underestimate us. But I know that we can stay optimistic about just the future of transness in general, because if we can influence people to buy $22 Air One smoothies, we can also do this. Um, I just, I love you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm going to go have a beer, and I love you. Every single altar is an individual person. It's not all extensions of the self, all extensions of the host type thing. We are all individual people. We just happen to share a body. So one of your altars not being trans while the rest of them are, that doesn't invalidate anyone's gender. It doesn't invalidate your trans alters. If one alter isn't trans, it doesn't invalidate your cisgender alter if your other alters are transgender. Because gender isn't a set in stone biological thing. Gender is a perception and every single person has their own identity and their own perception of gender. So it stands to reason that not all of your alters are going to have the same gender and that even if the majority of your alters are trans, not all of them will be. Uh, so I would say that in regards to any physical transitions, such as HRT, surgeries, name changes, anything like that, uh, talk to all of your alters and essentially put it to a vote, get a general consensus from everyone. Um, and there are ways... a daunting task, but getting on HRT is rather easy. Only testosterone is a controlled substance, meaning you just gotta go to an informed consent clinic to get HRT. You only need four things to get care from one of these clinics. Be 18, be able to consent 
show that you have gender dysphoria. If you don't have gender dysphoria, uh, just lie about it. And just have no other medical problems that would interfere with being on hormones. To find one of these places, just Google Aaron's informed consent map and they'll all show up. You can also get them through an endocrinologist or a general practitioner occasionally. Finally, share this with an egg who is in desperate need of transitioning. No, there's not hate of the trans community. We're hating this. That you're forcing it on kids. That you're turning kids for your sick agenda. And you have all these people online pushing that, oh, just lie. Go get drugs that are not made for you. That can physically harm you. And, you know, that's what you need to do. Because, you know, we're, we're, we're not about real. Glad. Once again, for the millionth time, it was never the don't say gay bill. It was don't turn my kids into trans. Governor, don't say LGBT DeSantis claims to care about education, but he is making it impossible for LGBTQ students and students of color in Florida to focus on their schooling when they can't even be respected for who they are. Yeah, that's a lie. But go ahead. Charlotte Pride Nix's Harvey Milk Award. The winner was a pedophile, which is about 80% of trans males are pedophile. They're trying to cancel Carlos Santana because he said women are women and men are men, which is 75% of the country. Maybe 18%, believe it. The other seven are too scared to answer because they're afraid Google's tracking them. Pennsylvania school teacher or transgender coach changes high school locker room, right? Yeah, can't fight it. Because Maryland court rules parents have no say in child's education. But we still have these uber-woke, and this lady's got all sorts of trans shit all over her Twitter account and Instagram saying this. Female comedians are funnier than males. Amy Schumer, Kathy Griffin, and Sarah Silverman are in an elite class, and it's not even close. Which is it? Are there women, or is gender a social construct? I watched this... Um, Watch these sound bites, and um, I'm going to play a Hoda Kopti from 2013, where they agree back then because the left did, because they were saying that turning kids when they're super late is ridiculous. And then I'm going to show what's happening to kids because of this dangerous cult. Fuck you, asshole. You asshole. This is why we can't have nice things. You asshole! Are you just an asshole? Is that it? Fuck you, you asshole! To me, it seems ridiculous to have a, a kid at age 12, 13, 14 deciding whether they want to have biological children when they're 20, 30, or 40. I mean... Well, they make the decision to kill themselves at 12 and 13. 
That's a pretty powerful decision. We take an oath, first do no harm. If doing nothing is doing harm, you have to do something. Estrogen treatment is irreversible and would make Josie sterile. But Josie and her mother never doubted it was the right thing until an unexpected conversation happened one afternoon. But on the inside, where nobody else can see? Yeah. Are you a boy or are you a girl? Maybe I'm a boy inside and a girl outside. Really? Yeah, is that true? Only you know the answer to that. So if you wanted to grow up to be a man, yeah. would you tell me? Mm, yeah. Hey, if you wanted to grow up and be a man, you could. I want to be... Sometimes I think I'm a boy, sort of, but I want to be a girl. Yeah. Would you love me if I'm a boy? Of course. I would love you no matter what. I always have, and I always will. It was the first time Vanessa ever heard Josie sound uncertain. It's fucking sick. The whole thing's sick. And, and once again, if you're 18, I don't give a fuck if you become a goddamn unicorn and you fuck elephants. Ain't none of my damn business, so I don't give a shit. But this kid thing, you are scarring kids for life. All for a political agenda. To own the cons. And, uh... I hope you go to hell for it. Straight to hell. Because there's a hell. And right now, young kids are in that hell. They're confused. They're going through life change. It's very difficult for all of us. But it's worse for them because they have to do it in the real world and on the digital. So you have to have two different people inside your head. You want to be accepted. Every one of us was suicidal. That's why all the suicide shit's bullshit. Every kid's suicidal in that age. You got all these hormones jetting through you. You're not being accepted. You never get the person you really love. A lot of rejection piling on with the woke agenda. And of course, kids, after being locked down for a year, mm, the vultures are preying on them. So, to our lighter fare, no military day, no, this is America. I want to end on a, well, kind of a happy note. We're going to play two videos here. The first one is a crash that was the most violent thing I've ever seen, even in combat. Well, I did see Apache blow up a truck bed of dump truck full of people. That was pretty fucking bad. But it was at a distance. This is just horrible. And then my driver won the regular season championship. Of course, you can't see that on any of the important uh, networks and crap because, you know, uh, we're too busy talking about Bubba Wallace making the playoffs. That's, that's what everybody's talking about. Bubba Wallace. I'll get more to that in a second. Just traveling so fast. It happened right when it got in the grass. As soon as it got in the grass, that's when it started to lift. And then this is just violent. I mean, look at this car. That is just amazing that something that weighs over 3,500 pounds get in the air like that. It looks like a toy car flying through the air. But as you mentioned, Jeff, 3,500 pounds. Yeah. 
such a violent accident for Ryan Price. Thankfully, lands on the wheels and then was able to climb out of that race car and will get checked out in the infield care center. Look how fast. As soon as that contact happens, he just hangs a left. You said it, Jeff. As soon as the car touches the grass, something about that gap or the air or something changes and up in the air it goes right away. That is so scary. Remember, these cars are traveling at over 190 miles an hour. We've seen barrel rolls, but when it climbs into the air, I mean, even right there, multiple flips. Ten. Every Ten time flips. it leaves the ground. Yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of bittersweet. I mean, they told me, they're like, yeah, you clinched, and then it's like, well, we still got to worry about the owner, so you can't just go, you know, throw caution to the wind. I really wanted to be able to just go, you know, as hard as I could at the end there and, and race it out, try to get to the front, but I uh, had to play it smart and do what we needed to do. But uh, had a had a really strong Bass Pro Ducks Unlimited at Toyota, and you know, showed that in stage one, and then after that, just things got kind of we kind of got shuffled back a little bit, and and I felt like we were in a really bad spot coming to the end of stage two, so I just bailed, and luckily I did because they all wrecked, so it worked out for us tonight. What, no, no, I've asked you this before, but what do you think it says about your team now that you have that trophy behind you? Well, we've consistently been at the front all year long, and, and we've been able to win races. We've been able to execute and uh, minimize mistakes. So just got to, uh, you know, thank my team for great race cars and, uh, you know, just bringing me to the, to the racetrack every weekend, feeling confident that, of what we can do and feeling like we can win every, every you know, single race we show up to. So that's what the playoffs are all about. you gotta, you got to be up front. you got to lead laps. you got to be... Uh, a contender week in and week out to get to that final four. So hopefully we can have 10 great weeks and uh, put it all together. If you did, if you do over the next 10 weeks what you've done in the last 26, are you a title contender? Absolutely. Yeah, no question. I mean, um, probably gave a few races away, but uh, that's part of this deal. So you just got to consistently put yourself in position. And I think we can do that. Thank you. Congrats. First of all, the guy was totally knocked out. They had to wake him up and pull down his net because those aren't used to NASCAR. They pull their nets down if they're okay, but they couldn't get them on the radio. That was fucking violent. And once again, it's a car. It's made not supposed to do that, but it's the grass. So everybody in the world saying, get rid of the fucking grass. Um, it starts sliding on that shit. It just goes airborne. Last year, another guy's tire caught and it started flipping him. Um, but it, it is a miracle he lived. The thing is, that was the second one. The first one was the exact same crash that killed Dale Earnhardt Sr. Right rear hook of Ryan Blaney, who sat in his car for quite a while because he had the wind knocked out of him. At 190 miles an hour and he lived. Just walked away. Wind knocked out, but he just walked away. Because that's how much they've done to the safer barrier, which is foam a metal tuming foam wall that is pieces of foam and so it hits and buckles and then they redesigned the cars after last year to make them a little more less rigid um it's it's still a miracle but <clears throat> back to the bubba you know i i did a tweet online which a bunch of nascar people not a bunch but people liked and uh, i hate them but Elliot is the most popular driver, number nine. And he isn't making the playoffs. First time in, I think, his whole career. 
Um, the guy is, you know, he's, he's royalty. He comes from a father that was a champion, yada, yada. Saw six articles on him. Uh, Dan, uh, Martin Truex Jr. missed the playoffs last year. Won the regular season championship this year. Four articles. Bubba Wallace making the championship on points because he didn't win. The greatest accomplishment ever and 14 articles. 14 articles. Now, do I hate him because he's black? No. I don't give a fuck if he's pink. He's not a good driver. He's only good on super speedways. That's where he's good at. But he's not this great driver. But the marketing, I mean, you can't shake your dick without seeing Bubba because they are so cowed. They really believe they're going to fix their attendance problems by going woke and having ally days and gay shit and all this stuff. A, the new car sucks. It's boring racing. Whoever wins the restart wins the race. I don't care if it's a road course, paper clipped half miles, two and a half mile fucking super speedway, one and a half mile, doesn't matter. The aero advantage to the lead car is immense. You listen to any review or any interview with anybody. Martin Truex had the fastest car at a couple races. He finished second because he lost the restart because he was in the inside leg. Or the outside lane, based on whichever lane was had the most traction on that track at that time. Couldn't pass him. Could get to rear quarter panel, but you just can't. The aero advantage in the cars and the parity that they put in them, it makes for nice 14 different driver winners, which was something they used to didn't get. But the racing is boring. People don't want to go and watch other than the super speedways. Because then you get to see a crash. But even there, with the lines, the two RFK cars on that restart got off good. Nobody was touching them. This wasn't happening because of the arrow. So that's your problem. And the fact that you're giving up to most of your historic stuff and you're going with this weird shit. 80,000 fucking road courses that nobody wants to watch because you remove the fucking brakes in it. So it's boring. It's a boring race. It's not exciting. You can't F1 this. The cars aren't good enough. F1, you can do stuff. They got all sorts of cool shit they can play with. You have a car that everybody's driving the same fucking, you know, to, to make it make sense. You all got Chrysler 300S's. My car. It's got some oomph. It's got some good horsepower. But it ain't the shit. You get somebody with a bigger engine, they're going to dust you. And you put 38 motherfuckers in a Chrysler S on a, a track, and this is what we're watching. You play with the packages, more downforce, more horsepower, less downforce. You try all this shit, but it still ends up being he who wins restart wins race. And it's kind of boring. To other subjects since most of you probably don't care. New Twisters is coming out. That should fucking be interesting. We're going to try not to reboot it, but be close. Farmer's Almanac predicts winter snow, ice, blizzards, and we're going to be 
chilled. I'm in the stormy cold now. It is extending down through Middle Tennessee. So that means the jet stream is going to come down. We're going to be to our west, unseasonably cold and stormy. And cold and stormy from the west Tennessee up through the Midwest. Chilly and wet. Bama, Georgia, South Kakalaki, North Kakalaki. Seasonably cold and wet out in Oregon where Matt O is. And then, of course... Uh, we're big sisters in Colorado. You're just going to be butt-fucking-cold with snowstorms, and you're going to have to dig your way out just to freaking breathe. So, sorry, sis. You chose it. <laughs> you chose it. It sucks. Study shows marijuana is significantly associated with reduced the use of unregulated opioids and regular opioids, which is really cool because I'd be smoking weed and not on the shit. Um which goes with an article, the 35 cities with the highest weed consumption per capita. United States country that buys most weed in the world. 15 cheapest league weed states to live in and revenue. Da, 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 da. Story continues. Oh, can you get to the point? Boom towns. Uh, I'm going to do the top 10. Let's just do the top 10 because it's 35 fucking states and nobody cares. Uh, where's the rest of them? Oh, here we go. Fuck. Lake Charles, Louisiana is number 10. Oh, they're going to make me do the next thing. Fuck you! Lincoln, Nebraska. Didn't see that coming up. Waterloo, Iowa. Kyle, Texas. Johnson City, Tennessee. Wow, I did not see that. Cheyenne, Wyoming. Bloomington, Indiana. I saw that. Manchester, New Hampshire. Huntington, West Virginia, I did see that. Yeah, there was a lot of drug use there. I used to stay in a hotel there. And the number one city with the most smoking de ganja, New Britain, Connecticut. And that's a weird-ass list, and I would not have expected that. Not one bit. And then last but not least, because I'm a geek, and even though I'm sleeping in a little later, I, I still get up early. I'm going to make these bigger than me because they're fucking gorgeous. This is the blue moon. Let's try to do that. There we go. So I got up this morning. Today was the best day to see it. It was going to set at 530. I started my walk at 5, and I captured that on night shot. That's a night shot. That's without night shot. And then I caught it as I was walking up the hill. It was supposed to be a blue moon. But for whatever reason, could have been pollution, particles, it was red on the horizon. As I was walking back up, I do a three-mile course, and it's a mile and a half down a hill and up a road, and then you come back and you go back up the hill. And this is what I was seeing. It just slowly went away. Um, and it was a big red ball. So didn't get out and see it. You need to. Next thing I'll be whinging on is an October ringed. I think it's called a fire ring 
um, eclipse of the sun, which will be really freaking cool. I, I like that shit. So that wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Share with your family and friends. Go to SoundCloud, which you already do. Flyover Politic with the K. Rumble 482467. Fop podcast at gmail.com to say I suck or I could suck less if I did something else. To September, Year of Our Lord 2023 is when we're going to have our next one, Saturday. Um. <laughs> Until then, disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah yes. Thanks to all the new listeners. Make sure you keep su- subscribing to it on your little uh, podcast app and spread spread the news because we definitely exponentially have increased people, which I don't know how, but that's cool. I like it. Hope it's still kind of entertaining. Try to reduce most sound bites. Kind of blew it. Matt in Oregon, who's my... Uh, Napoleon's corporal and tell me when I suck. I I had to play the racist shit. I know it was six sound bites, but goddamn. It was like in unison race because it's an election. That's just they do it every time. It's fucking crazy. But anyway, um, as always, thanks for listening. Y'all take care and talk to you on Saturday. Every death is a tragedy, y'all. It's seven lives.